Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. I'm uh, happy to bring you an interview with Crystal Skillman today. Crystal is the Brooklyn playwright who you know uh, with her husband, Fred Van Lenty. They co-wrote King Kirby, a great play that uh, premiered last year at a uh, Brooklyn uh, Arts Festival. We talk about that. We talk about some of her other plays in the past. Her current play, Another Kind of Love, is debuting, uh, put on by the Infusion Theater Company here in Chicago at the Chopin Theater, and uh, that is at Division in Milwaukee. We talk about it in the interview. I'm in the play, and that's very exciting for me, and uh, it's a great way to celebrate uh, the World Balloon 10th Anniversary Month. Uh, with uh, me stretching and uh, getting to do some uh, sort of stage work. I'll I'll explain when you uh, hear the interview with Crystal. But we talk about that. We talk about the geek theater movement and what's going on with that. Uh, We get a little more uh, future on uh, King Kirby and some of uh, Crystal's other plays and uh, things that are uh, in the works right now and also past plays like Cut and Geek, things like that. So it's a pleasure to have Crystal Skillman on today's episode of Word Balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, as always, for your support via Patreon. If you want to help Word Balloon out, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. Or you can help by uh, patronizing our sponsors like InStockTrades.com. Uh, great sales are going on at InStock Trades, as always. You can get things like the Captain America Return of the Winter Soldier Omnibus Hardcover. It's 42% off, $57.99. You can also get uh, Elish Cott's take on the Winter Soldier. Uh, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, The Man on the Hill. The trade paperback is 42% off, just $9.86. You can get Revival, trade paperback volume 5, The Gathering of Waters, is 42% off, $8.69. I love these comic strips. Rick Kirby, the uh, Great Detective series that was started by Alex Raymond and it was uh, continued by John Prentice and some other great uh, writers and artists wonderful comic strip it is uh, volume 8 is 30% off it's $34.99 and there's a whole lot more check out all the details that are waiting for you at instockrades.com let's uh, go to my uh, conversation with Crystal Skillman a great talk and uh, we were able to do it right here downtown Chicago so happy to bring it to you now on Word Balloon Hello. There you are. Fantastic. Should I be there? What if I was here? Is oh, that excellent. bad? Hello? Hello? Hey, you're fine. Yeah? It's cool. It's I want cool. to take a picture of you in your element. Oh, it'd be my pleasure. Yeah. Oh, there you go. This is nice. We're getting started uh, awesome. talking to uh, Crystal Skillman <laughs> live in my studio here at uh, the radio station because she's on the run. Um, she is in Tech Week for Another Kind of Love, mm-hmm. a play that she has written. It is being put on by Infusion Theater Company. Infusion Theater Company, that's right. Here in Chicago at the Chopin Theater, which is on West Division. It's at Division in Milwaukee for Chicago City folk, right at the Blue Line. And uh, it will be running until mid-June, June 14th? 15th? I think June 14th, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, if you're in the area, and it's great because we're Balloon, it's, it's our 10th anniversary, and it is fun that I get to be part of the play. Yes, yeah, a so, very important part of the play. Oh, that's really nice. I'm, I'm Crash Murphy. <laughs> Crash Murphy. So another kind of love, I will let you uh, t- give people the, the story pitch on, on what yeah. another kind of love is all about. Well, another kind of love is, um, in, in, in this play, you get to see a cutaway into the house of a fictional punk rock 
Rock family, the Singer family. Um, and you meet Max Singer, who's 15, who wants more than anything um, to kind of break out. And this weekend is celebrating her grandma, who actually was a big uh, punk legend in the 70s, who um, overdosed in her late 20s, kind of like the classic, you know, rock star thing. Absolutely. And, um, and I almost thought of Patti Smith, though. Patti Smith mm-hmm. obviously didn't have that kind of ending. But yeah, that's that's the kind of the model that I saw. Yeah, yeah. All and right. then um, and and then uh, she's invited uh, the whole family um, that used to kind of be almost like a Riot Girls-esque band, the Dark Hearts, um, to come on out uh, to play at Jaeger Park um, for, in, it's set in Seattle, um, for in honor of the mother because all these bands are gathering. Um, and throughout the play, she has made discoveries kind of why she is who she is. And the aunt she emulates the most, um, who is a really legendary rock star in this play, Kit Singer, um, she forms a relationship with her that you know changes the course of events. Really neat. I I really love the play, and you were teasing me about being so method, <laughs> but I really did stick to uh, the script, or rather, what my parts of the script. Being the radio guy, just kind of talking about the festival as it's happening. I wouldn't know what's happening in the house, so I did get to see the first preview performance, and I really love the story. It's it's very very cool. Um, the actors are very impressive. They play their own instruments. Yes, and you. So it really is a combination of music and theater in its best uh, form. And I, and also, I mean, I like a good musical, both classic and, and right, current. Right. But I really like this because it is a play first. But there is mm-hmm. music, and music obviously very important in the in the show as well. And you've got an amazing yes. composing uh, contributions for this as well. Yes, um, uh, Bill. Reagan, uh, who uh, does incredible music festivals uh, at Lincoln Center and also uh, just a wonderful, you know, musician of his own right. Um, he I had asked him, I said, I'm, I'm looking for an awesome composer to um, work out these songs that this fictional family would, would do. Then they're, you know, ladies of punk rock, you know, and, and different generations. And he immediately uh, talked about Heidi Roadwald. And I was like, wow, well, I mean, you know, I love her work so much. Um, and so what happened is that uh, she loved the play, which I was, you know, which was meant the world to me. And she created these, um, you know, these songs kind of as they would be, um, you know, in the real world, how you would hear them, how these characters would sing. For this particular production, then the actors and the company, you know, have interpreted them on stage, how they would be happening in these moments, um, which I have dramatically written into the play. You know, I was very excited when Empire was taking off, which is now my new favorite TV show. Um, This is not as melodramatic necessarily (laughs) as Empire, although there's there's definitely super, super drama in it. Um, Some People have said it's August Osage County with punk music kind of thing. But I, you know, um, oh, it's kind of dangerous probably to say that in a Chicago town. <laughs> um, but but I love that play. But, um, but basically... Um, uh, you know, it's it's really electric and live because you're seeing the actors when they're plugging in those amps um, to to share a song with each other in the living room, um, and it really feels like a cutaway of a house. You know, they're kind of these yes. big titans. It's kind of a little bit of a small house, so they feel squished together in a good way. It's very tense, um, and so when they're doing these band practices, you're really that's really real. They're plugging into their actual guitars. Um, you actually don't actually ever hear, I think, a full song until um, you know there's some surprises at the end, but um, it. Like Empire, it's the naturalistic kind of setup where they really are singing these songs as opposed to presenting them to us. So we're really a fly in the wall in the living room with them. Yeah, absolutely. And as someone who comes from the music world in radio, I appreciate the authenticity of Empire and this play. And I do think that there are – it does feel real. And also, the thing about Chicago Theater that I've always been impressed with is the use of limited space, that a lot of these storefront theaters are able to really, like, make it happen with very little, you know, stage space. And uh, it's – 
it, it's a very credible house on two levels, and you, uh, yeah, it, I mean, no, you know, what it's I mean? a really cool little house, right? I was, Absolutely. I was stunned. You know, for me, I, uh, I had this kind of floor plan of it in my mind, and I, um, you know, every, it, it's it's very fascinating that everyone, uh, you know, I've written all these plays, and they have like cult followings, and they're really exciting, and you know, but everyone's always like, for the breakout play, you've got to do the the one set, the family play in the house, and I never wanted to do it because I didn't have a story for it. You know, I, I really don't do things just to be. Uh, commercial necessarily, you know, although I don't mind, you know, I'm not afraid of being commercial. I just simply want to feel passionately about what I write and always do what I want. And when I started to come up with this idea, almost, you know, uh, like a modern three sisters in some way, you know, it was kind of like where it kind of came from. Um, You know, I was like, oh, this is great. This is punk. This is the one. It'd be great for this to be that you go throughout the house. This would be so great. Um, And, of course, then I proceeded to write probably, you know, uh, one of the most difficult plays (laughs) to do with, you know, live music, um, all that kind of thing. Actors that play their own instruments. Um, And it's it's been a real lesson in a great way um, artistically, like what to strive for, um, what to achieve. and working with Heidi and also Carolyn uh, Dorson, uh, who is her friend, uh, who actually is a, was a ghost lyricist for many um, uh, punk bands and other bands. So she's uh, this is the first time she told me she, uh, very sweet that her name is on a project. Um, wow! Yeah, as a lyricist, and her she came in and uh, really uh, kind of kicked me in the butt. I you know my lyrics were kind of inspirational, and some of them are still in the show. Um, it's pretty, you know, there's there's a lot of them still in the show. But for the ones that were a little bit more literal, because I was kind of, when I was coming up with the scenes, if they went to a song, I would just kind of write what I thought the song was saying or about and kind of do some basic lyrics. But um, she really elevated it to the to, to poetry in many ways. Um, so it's just a really, it's just been a really cool project to work on. So I hope it has many lives. You know, that's the kind of dream. <laughs> Understood. And well, no, and, and the great thing about seeing live theater is you really are there as it's happening and you watch the organic growth of not only the story, but the actors coming together. Mm-hmm. And that's what is still exciting about live theater. And as, uh, you know, I'm curious because I've heard it, uh, is it a geek theater movement that's currently happening? I mean, <laughs> tell me about, well, because you are, you're a part of it. And, right, and certainly right. King Kirby and Cut and Geek. And I mean, these mm-hmm. are these are things that are kind of following that. So, you know, explain this larger movement and what separates it from other live theater. Well, it's an interesting time where, you know, when I was a geek, it was like, you know, uh, it wasn't fun. It was, there was no geek chic. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. Sure. Now, if you're still in high school, it isn't fun. Like, it's still obviously, that you know, that never goes away. But the fact that it's so um, a part of pop culture right now and that we're starting to be in, you know, that comics, I, I think it really happened with the high art, low art view of things. And now that comics are slowly being more respected in graphic novel form and even in artwork in museums, you know, um, I, you know, I talk a lot about that legendary moment where, you know, Art Spiegelman had his, you know, pages of Mouse and MoMA. And I remember going to see that. I remember saying, this is different. This is really exciting. Um, because our generation grew up with that and understands that. And there's super hero movies you want to go and see them um you know they're the geek movement is is kind of cult and yet kind of super commercial at the same time which is very interesting and what it really you know it can be mean many things to many people but it usually uses genre um and isn't afraid to refer to tv and uh, film and be contemporary um so you could feel like this play if it's a play you could feel like it's it's happening today um as opposed to 
um, something that feels a little bit more classic, or maybe you know you're watching older generations on stage that sure, it, Death of a Salesman, Marty, right? Yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that that yeah. really are of its time, and and certainly you don't want right. you don't want to screw with Marty. You know, I mean, Marty yeah, really does no, need to you, still you be don't update Marty. Oh no, God, no, and everything. no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's uh, you know, it's a challenge. Like, how do you do that in a way that isn't you know people on their cell phones all the time because that's not like very interesting. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's you know, true. that's not very exciting. And there is and, and no, but I mean, that's the thing. You do acknowledge kind of. You know, there's a character that is, you know, very enthusiastic for Max, the 15 year old, yeah. uh, and is a friend of hers. And, uh, you know, he's shoot- yeah. Yeah, Nate's shooting things on his on his camera phone. They're like a little concerned about that because it's yeah. rehearsal time and they're trying to figure themselves out. So it's, uh, you know, the, stuff like that. I mean, to be honest, it's almost uh, the fact that you are using me as you know the radio guy and everything and that I'm coming on and kind of moving things along with little radio reports of what's happening as this music festival. Is, is underway mm. while the stuff is happening in the house. You know, it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's certainly if it was a film, maybe it would be more, you know, Twitter kind of, you know, montages and things like that. Right. So, so how do you get away with it kind of in a naturalistic setting? Because um, my plays are uh, very uh, believable and like have a given circumstance and feel real, but they also have a heightened quality to them, you know. And so walking that line is very interesting. And I, I think that's what, what's really great about theatricality and when you can get away with in theater. Um, so the uh, one of the big things I like to play with as a writer is how exposition works. And I like to try to be unique with it. And I think, you know, for me, it made sense that this um, one of the sisters who, who who now has the house and this is the house they descend on who's taking care of Max um, is Max's mom. Um, that she doesn't have a TV. She doesn't want to deal with any media. She doesn't really want to check out things um, online and all that stuff. So all she does is listen to the radio. So they only have the radio um, in terms of the outside world. And I thought that would be so interesting. And it's, it's so it's always fun to bring it in kind of the old and classic in different ways, but yet it's believable in the circumstance. Absolutely. Um, and then as well, I really love it, you know, for me, you know, because how often is someone like, you don't believe me, show, they show you the text or they show you the video. And to me, you know, that... It just like in a film that just leaps us forward. Um, there's a musical I'm a part of. We did a workshop. Uh, I'm a um, co-book writer on, and I love it so much. It's called Unlucky in Love, and it's um, a modern Cyrano uh, with a woman as lead. Uh, okay. it's, but it's about dating today, and she basically writes these romantic poems and ends up made, meeting a rom-com writer online. She feels nervous about her looks and says she looks like her best friend. So he ends up thinking he's writing this rom-com book with the hottie, but it's really this kind of nerdy um, kind of, you know, larger-than-life girl. And um, there's a whole um, song where they first meet called uh, Feeling Alive, and it's all chat IMs, and it's them singing their chat IMs. But you, the, the the instant messaging is is, is behind them. Oh, as they're, And so it's really cool. It's very, very That's now. Fun. But it's almost like, you know, it's very musical theater, but also like, you know, you know opera in kind of a way. Like like using, you know, um, you know, what's of its day, but, you know, presenting stories of heroes and um, the hero's journey and, you know, uh, romance and, you know, struggle and drugs and rock and roll or whatever, like in in new ways. I think that's what, you know, geek is so much about the new contemporary. It feels fresh. And a lot of the times it can end up feel uh, feeling event driven as well. Like 
there's a real, you know, which was is very actually classic Brechtian, you know, like, you know, Brecht was like bringing the popcorn, you know, like we want to make this, uh, you know, feel, you know, real and fun and have a good time and like a circus almost because of these parables. And yeah. I, you know, I think that uh, so geek theater is definitely all about that. Um, and I think that's great for producers because, you know, um, nobody really wants to go see a play. But everybody wants to go have a good time and, and feel like a, a part of something. Yeah. A, a happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was curious because and we, we talked about it last year on War Balloon, the Kickstarter for mm-hmm. for King Kirby, which ended up at the Brick and it yeah. was part of the comics. A comic book theater festival, comic which book is an festival. amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did that go? Yeah, oh, King Kirby. Oh, well, well, and, and the festival and the King festival, Kirby. You know, the both. festival. Um, I was in it the first year um, with a, a adaptation of Fred's uh, Van Lanty, my husband's, a wonderful action philosophers. Absolutely, and that was really fun. Um, and uh, and it went very well. And I would say the festival uh, the second time around um, was e- even more exciting in terms of the different kinds of works they had. Um, it's Robert Sikoriak. Is that how I say his name? He does that the sounds one- right. He does the wonderful Carousel. Um, he's so sweet and great. And in, and he was working with Stephen Rattaz in that and Stephen Rattazzi played Jack Kirby in our King Kirby. Stephen Rattazzi um, from uh, Venture Brothers, right? Yes. And he's Dr. Orpheus in Dr. Venture Orpheus. Brothers. Dr. Orpheus. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that voice. I'm making you a frittata pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. I just like, I, I mean, which is, which is kind of like, I, wow, I couldn't believe, well, I, you know, I worked on a workshop with him. You know, he does a lot of theater, uh, Lincoln Center. He's in a lot of David Adjami's work. I think Marie Antoinette just played here at Steppenwolf and originally, uh, when it was done in New York, uh, or one, I can't remember which version he was in. He was in one of the first ones. Is that uh, he different was in from it. the Coppola, Sofia Coppola movie? Or is, is yeah, it very different. It's a okay. stage. Oh, it's completely different. Okay. She talks to these sheep and everything. It's just a lot of great stuff going on. <laughs> David Adjami is a, just a brilliant um brilliant writer he's one of my favorites and he's a good friend he's a sweetheart um yeah he's just great so if you don't know david adjami the playwright um google him and and read his plays um (laughs) in terms of the geek theater movement definitely also um check out qui gwen uh who's a who runs vampire cowboys and also so you guys would know him here in chicago um uh these authors she kills monsters which buzz 22 did here as part of the um uh, garage series at Steppenwolf. Uh, Scott Weinstein uh, directed that. Him, he's really, really awesome. I'm talking to him about stuff too because he's so great. Hello, Scott. Um, and uh, yeah, I think a few other plays of his have been done here. In fact, Infusion Theater Company did a few of his plays, including Soul Samurai and Fight Girl Battle World. So very cool, absolutely. And Vampire Cowboys. Yeah, I remember hearing my our friend uh, Zach Calhoun. Uh, hit oh me to yeah, Vampire Zach. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the New York power couple that I that I hang with in in New York and yeah, when, I, when I'm not hanging with Fred and, and, and Crystal. But yeah, they're they're great. And yeah, they're you know they were like you know do you know Crystal Skillman? I'm like, well you know her husband uh, Fred Family. I'm like oh I know Fred. Ah. So then I got to know you. And I'm like oh this is great. So this has been very nice. And I and I'm and I'm thrilled that uh, when you come to town that you're you know. You, you knock on my door and we get to hang out a little bit. I love and, it. And really and be in the play. You're really uh, a star of the play. Oh, you're very sweet. And I just have I, to say know. that John did an incredible job. Um, it's a really fun character. Um, and uh, really, you know, it just you, you pay off in such great ways in the play. And it's just it's just a joy to hear your voice on stage Aww. coming out live from the practical, That's practical radio. Sweet. That's very, very sweet. <laughs> and, and no, it was fun for me. I used to be a DJ spinning records and everything a radio dj i should always make sure that people don't see me at a rave doing that because that's not what i did but no and being a radio host and it just made me it, it was very easy for me to kind of get back to that person and fun to do i i was thrilled at the I opportunity tell, so natural it was yeah, crazy it was like no it was a lot of fun so king kirby what's yeah. uh what's been going on i, I saw 
the video of the WonderCon panel that you did with uh, oh, Mark Evanier and Neil Adams that. and yeah. Len Wein and uh, the lawyer for the Kirby Estate. Yeah. And uh, you and Fred. But, um, and uh, it was uh, moderated by Jack's uh, actual assistant. Yeah, Mark uh, yeah, Evanier. Mark, yeah. yeah, Mark Evanier, who, yeah, great guy mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, yeah, one of those, you know, guys that does 20 panels that. Uh, at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego because he knows everybody and right. it's just this font of knowledge that he could just very casually, you know, talk to anybody yeah. and get them going, as he did with you guys. And I recommend people watching that on YouTube, the, uh, the the Kirby tribute panel from WonderCon 2015. But what, you know, yeah, so, you know, what's the update? Where where are things with the play? Um, well, we were so lucky. I think I only played eight or nine performances in the Comic Book Theater Festival and I got a wonderful rave um, by, uh, you know, with a wonderful wonderful New York critic that it you know he's also reviewed cut and geek of mine Andy Webster um, and uh, you know which was neat because then you know everybody was kind of started hearing about this play and so Ghostlight Theatricals in Seattle is doing it in 2016 as well as I think it's called Sage Theater Company in Calgary um, is going to be doing it and you know we just hope that the that the play gets done all over and you know shares Jack's story but also in the unique way that, you know, Fred would always had that great angle on, which is where does your pop culture come from? And, and you know, why don't you know the value of this person, his real humanity, who he is, not just the images? Absolutely. Um, and what does it mean to create? And, you know, how do you keep going on with with the struggle of, you know, not quite getting your due? And, uh, and so it's a really exciting play um you know that i mean those scenes where you know stan lee is the intern and you know what i mean like all those things i mean when i first read the first draft the the one line that uh, there's a few lines that stayed from the very beginning because originally i was just helping fred and giving thoughts on it and then he ended up giving me a draft back with my name on it and i realized we were writing it together but um (laughs) probably my favorite moment was always when he had the stanley character um on a filing cabinet uh playing a flute and um, saying I can I can get you guys anything and, and Jack is like who is that who is that kid to Joe he's like what's going on and and get him out of here get him out of my face and he's like you know playing this flute and he's like do you guys need anything I could get I could get you things like milk or saltines and I was like what is going on I was like Fred how did you even come up with that and Fred's like no that, I read that somewhere I was like you've got it come on get out yeah. you know because all these these stories you know I mean we've definitely uh, dramatized them but they're all you know we did a lot of research um, and Fred did extensive research he actually first wrote um, was working kind of on a Kirby book then the play which then kind of shifted when I was giving some notes and coming in on it and then he used a lot of that in the play before it got uh, done in the comic book history of Comics. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember talking to him about uh, that portion of comic book history of comics. And uh, yeah, you know, and I've heard those stories, too. In fact, Joe Simon, there's a, uh, an audio interview that he does with um, right. with Will Eisner. And he says, yes, wow. you know, the first time I saw Stan, he's this little teenage kid playing his flute. And he's the office boy because Martin Goodman, his uncle, owned Timely Comics back yep. then. And yeah, I mean, and it is so we're seeing that now. And if we're a bit older, we understand the perspective of a Judd Apatow starting off as a failed uh, stand up and just kind of being a junior writer on Larry Sanders and things in the 90s. Oh, right. And now is the king of movie comedies. And, you know, he is the guy that they all that all young people are aspiring to. And I'm sure old school guys are like, you know, that putz that, you know, used to annoy us in the back as we're all getting ready to do our stand up and stuff. He's the guy that we got to deal with. And I'm sure Jack went through that. In terms of, oh, my God, you know, if I want to continue in this business, I got to deal with, you know, 
the flute playing idiot that the used to drive us nuts. The flute playing idiot. You know, and it is so interesting because, again, there's this disconnect between who Stan is now and what he represents now and the reverence that all the young people have for him. And, oh, my God, this is the guy who created Spider-Man. And you see his contemporaries and it's like, yeah, you know, Stan was more of a promoter than a creator. And, and you just get this kind of like Will Eisner always said that. And it was just like, you know, if you want to talk like he interviewed Jack Kirby, he did not interview Stan Lee. You know, and the reason why is he didn't think much of Stan from a creative standpoint. That's a big argument in geek circles still. It's interesting to get the contemporary standpoint. Or, God, there was a, a writer of Pulps, and I can't remember his name. He, mm-hmm. He's died, but he was around even through the early 2000s, and he was a contemporary of L. Ron Hubbard's when L. Ron Hubbard was oh. still a science fiction pulp writer. And he's like, God, we'd be playing poker. And literally, Hubbard is sitting there going, you know, if one of us were smart... We'd start our own religion because that's where all the money is. And, you know, lo and behold, here's Scientology. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's weird where this stuff comes from. But anyway, I digress. Uh, quickly, I want to ask, um, what are your, you know, yeah, so like, you know, the play gets up and running. What are your immediate next plans if you have any other than collapsing? Because yeah. I can appreciate the pressure that you're <laughs> under when you start to mount a new play and everything. So. Yeah, it's it's um, it's really exciting, but there's always a lot of work to do. And, you know, we open, um, uh, opening is Friday and Saturday. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to, um, you know, Mitch uh, Golob. I realized I was saying his name wrong before. He's directing the play, and um, it's an incredible cast. I really mean, great cast, absolutely. And, yeah, and it's just one of those things where you're seeing – I've written these kind of powerhouse titan roles in very moments where they're very powerful and moments where they're very vulnerable, and, and each of the actors is just um, going there, and it's really, really super, super duper cool. Um I don't know if I can remember all of their names, but I definitely have to say that, um, you know, Allison Hickson, um, Annie Pritchard, um, you know, Amber Kelly, um, Courtney Jones, they're the they're the ladies that are the family. And they're just um, and I know that Brady plays Roger and I know that Tyler Young plays Nate, who you said with the social media. No, they're all good. The cast is terrific. The, the, The women are incredible musically and dealing with the drama and comedy that's in the in the play as yeah. well. I really think they hit all notes properly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's been it's been a really cool ride. So then the, uh, I just came off of the workshop of Unlucky in Love that I was talking about. So um, that's with um, composer Bobby Cronin, who has a lot of fans. Um, his music is really exciting and very, um, very contemporary today. Um, and so the, the show really feels alive. Excellent. Feeling alive. Um, so hopefully you'll hear more about that soon. There is um, a claymated uh, film <laughs> called um, Mary and Max. Okay. Which I don't know if you've heard of it, um, but maybe some of your um, listeners have because it's very cult and very cool. And it's black and white, and it's about um, a guy who's 55 with Asperger's who lives in New York. It's set in the 70s. And, he, and um, uh, like a seven-year-old girl named Mary writes him from Australia. And they uh, and she asks where babies come from and all these crazy things. And you realize she has this crazy kind of family life. And, um, you know, her best friend is a rooster. And, like, and they begin this relationship, you know. And it's an incredible film. It's very whimsical, very, very cool. It's um, Philip Seymour Hoffman actually voiced uh, Max, I wow. think. Wow, okay. Yeah, and so it's a really... Um, uh, anyway, so Bobby uh, loves uh, loved the film, uh, showed it to me. I love the film. Um, and basically, we're turning it into a musical, um, wow. an eight-person musical, where everyone plays their own instruments again. Crazy. All right, cool. <laughs> um, and it's going to be directed by Stafford Arima. Um, and uh, we've got incredible teams um, working on puppets and masks as well. So it's going to be a very ensemble-driven piece. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, for me, I hope it's of something that it's a little bit deals with some dark themes, but I hope that families can come and see, um, you know, uh, so we're really excited to see where that goes. We're going to start developing that um, this summer. 
That's excellent, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I know I know you got to rush off because you got to you got to do your uh, your final tech moves before Friday's opening and stuff. But again, it's another kind of love. Chopin Theater. It's uh, running in Chicago. Uh, Division in Milwaukee is the location of the theater. You can ask me if you're coming into town, hey, can you send me a link and stuff, and I'll be happy to do that. Crystal is on uh, Facebook as well, Crystal Skillman. Oh, I in, love the Facebooks. In, 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 in Fusion, is the Infusion Theater Company yeah. is also on Facebook, and you can uh, check out information for the specific production of that. But we will stay in touch. Freddie's coming on very soon to talk about his comic book stuff. I'll get his point of view on King Kirby and what's going on. And uh, I am always happy to see you. And thank you so much for involving me in this. This oh, is very sweet. It's one you have to come here, John. And I think for the <laughs> any more information, I think I just remember it's a yeah, theater with an R E. It's like the fancy theater. Oh, that's Infusion right. Theater. 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 Yeah, that's right. Infusion Theater. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's for, it's really exciting. I also want to say for the trailer King... online too for oh, YouTube. Oh, isn't it you know, fun? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So check out the trailer. Um, and the other thing would be uh, King Kirby. If you want to listen to it, Midtown Comics. Ask. Go on. Did this great podcast um, where that's the actual original New York cast, um, almost like a radio play. Well, yeah. Wasn't that yeah. part of the Kickstarter? And that stuff? was part Did of you... the Kickstarter. Okay. And it's available to the public now. And oh, you that's can, great. And it's at Midtown Comics. Midtown Comics. Um, it's a it's their podcast. Sure, sure. Um, if you can't find that, just like Google King Kirby and podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all come out. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, oh, so, so you can actually this. hear it for free. You can actually hear the play. Fantastic. That's great. No, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, very happy to hear that and was uh, hoping that to hear that yeah. original cast version of the uh, of King Kirby. So yeah, that's... and I'll just say for the Fred fans, um, especially in Illinois, uh, Fred right now is in Springfield. Um, he is researching Lincoln for Action Presidents. Action Presidents, indeed. And uh, that's great. He and Ryan Dunleavy get back together again. Yep. Comic book, uh, the history, comic book history of comics. and It's uh, comic book comics, I think, in the graphic... Yeah, he, when it was single issues, I know it was comic book comics, that's which right. is what I always want to call I know, it. yeah, yeah. That's how I, I always mix it. it up. Fred's but always like, Rah. The comic book history of comics yeah. uh, is the graphic novel, and uh, IDW put that out. But yeah, Action Presidents is uh, uh, underway in terms of production. Yep. And uh, yeah. It's I, really good. I've seen, I you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but I've, you know, read, you know, the, the early drafts, and I've seen the Ryan's drawings, and it's just, it's, it's just be- the beginning of pure awesome. They are great, and that's why I <laughs> check in with them at either C2E2 or uh, New York Comic. Con every year that I'm at one of those. I missed last year's New York Comic Con, but I will Aww. be. But that's okay. Will I you be had, back I this year? I promise I will be. I won't be at a special edition next month, okay. but I will be at New York Comic Con in October. I promise. Oh, great. So I will definitely see you then, but I'll Wonderful. see you more this weekend regardless. But thanks for coming up. And, yeah, uh, I loved it. Thank you so much for absolutely. having me. Absolutely. And no, when, uh, when there's a new uh, geek production, you got to let me know and we'll let the Word Balloon listeners I will. know. Yay! <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Word Balloon. John Suntra saying thanks for listening. Great stuff coming up next week, uh, just in time for Memorial Day weekend. But uh, today's Word Balloon was brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Great deals are going on. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. And they make it easy because they've got great books for you at prices you will not believe talking about books like Avengers Time Runs Out the premium hardcover volume 3 is 42% off it's just $14.49 you can get uh, Forever Evil Uh, the trade paperback is 42% off $11.59 you can get Batman The Dark Knight Unwrapped David Finch Deluxe Hardcover Edition 42% off $20.29 from Jason Aaron you can get the Thor premium hardcover volume 1 The Goddess of Thunder 
Just had the big reveal this week of Lady Thor. 50% off, $12.49. You get the Incredible Hulk Masterworks, uh, Volume 9. It's uh, 50% off, $37.50. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. For more great deals, go to InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to today's Word Balloon. Uh, we got more uh, coverage coming next week and beyond. It is Word Balloon's 10th anniversary month. Thank you, everybody. And uh, special programming coming. You know, I'm, I'm never good at these things. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun doing these uh, shows for 10 years. And uh, look forward to the next 10 and beyond. Uh, Word Balloon is always a blast. And you guys help out by uh, staying in and enjoying the show and giving me feedback. And I thank you for the questions and comments that I get. At uh, either from uh, Twitter or at my uh, email, john at wordballoon.com or on Facebook. So uh, thank you and thank you for being interested in what I do here and uh, looking forward to the shows as they come. Great stuff coming up this month. Make sure you stick around. In the meantime, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2015.